okay. No. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> oh, God. Alright, welcome to Rated NA, episode number 121 for the website nerdappropriate.com. Uh, we are here today with no interviews. We got like another regular episode and, and we wanted to say hi and welcome to new listeners and old alike. The uh, Bioware panels are now finished at this point. They're all up. So if you have uh, not caught them all, then you can head over to our iTunes or to biowarebase.nerdappropriate.com and give them a listen. Gotta they're catch all them all. Yeah. There's some good ones, too. <laughs> Impromptu Pokemon there. Yeah. Love it. So how you guys doing? Good. Might good. I just say that that, that that game slash cartoon series kind of made my name cool uh, with Ash. young people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because people mm-hmm. will be like, Ash, like the Pokemon trainer. I'll be like, yeah, that's exactly why it was named this. But, Didn't um, you think Ash Ketchum was a little too on the nose? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, am I allowed to say that I think that your name is from Gone with the Wind? It is. It is from Gone with the Wind, yeah. Yay. Am I allowed to say? No. No, you are not. <laughs> I don't know if it's like some family secret. No, it's not a family secret, yeah. Secret. Like Pushes Beans. <laughs> oh, I have a funny Gone with the Wind story real quick. Um, okay. My wife and I watched it for the first time. It's uh, the best well, movie I, ever. No, I, I had seen it before. My wife watched it for the first time. I hadn't seen it since I was a little kid. And it was... Uh, an old DVD my parents had up at the cabin in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And um, we put the disc in, and we didn't realize the disc was double-sided, so we watched the second half of the movie first. Oh, <laughs> no. That's so depressing. Uh, we're like, what is, like, what is going on with this movie? I'm like, I don't remember it being like this. And then we watched the beginning of it last, and it made a whole lot more sense. <laughs> wow. wow. So I'm guessing that like no one cried when Rhett left. and Yeah, we were just Spoilers. like, Spoilers! Oh. oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, <laughs> I've the never best line ever. See, now you've ruined it for me. I've never seen it. I, I've only seen Weird Al's parody of it in UHF. Uh, you should watch all it. I can it's remember good. is, uh, is the Carol. All I can remember was it Carol Burnett that made the dress out of the curtain, but kept the curtain. Yes, on. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yes. Let's do the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys want to do today? Um, today we're going to talk about. Uh, probably talk a little bit about the Bioware panels that we released from the Bioware base at PAX Prime. Um, Matt is reading a pretty cool sci-fi series called The Expanse. We'll talk about that. Um, we will talk about Heroes of Cosplay and a Steam Box and Volgar the Viking and Sleepy Hollow um, and what Hillary's been up to with Edmonton Expo and Geek Girl Con. And, uh, oh, in our Naquato this week, we sort of did like a contesty kind of Naquato, um, to, uh, in the spirit of Legend of Dungeon, our Naquato this week is, um, you fill in the blank. You enter a dimly lit dungeon and find a large unlocked oaken door. Behind this door, you discover blank. Um, kind of like, uh, Cards Against Humanity almost. And then. I love that. Yeah. And then we're going to do our, our nerd sports update. Um, which includes our NAF and the Nerd Appropriate Pick'em League 
competition between Ash and Hillary. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, don't do that. No you more. Can't, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, There's uh, just some uh, random. That could have been horn... any song. Uh, who knows yeah, what that was? Just humming just a jaunty random, little tune. Yeah. Random horn song. I don't know. <laughs> so I think I think we should let Hillary go first this week. Oh my yeah. gosh, Ooh. Hillary, what's going on? So I'm really proud of myself, as I've mentioned a hundred times in the in our warm up. Um, I've made breakfast breakfast this morning. <laughs> That's what's going on? Hey, <laughs> all right. So that that was fantastic. What did you make? Let's talk, let's talk about this. Okay, actually... I made banana bread. Nice. Um, yeah, and coffee. That's it. That's the only thing. <laughs> did you hey. use, did you use old bananas or new bananas? <laughs> old bananas. That's old the bananas. best. That's yeah. the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and that's I used sweet. organic organic bananas. There you go. Nice. See, so there's a lot of like effort and thought into this. So can you get non-organic bananas in Northern California? I just assumed yes. it wasn't possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yes. So that was delicious. And anyway, so yeah, so I'm working on Edmonton Expo for Bioware, and uh, also Geek Girl Con, which I'm super excited about because I'm actually going to that one. <laughs> Sweet. And um, I know that the wives are going to Geek Girl Con. Isn't that the wives weird? are. I know, and Yay! I'm jealous, but um. You know, I said, yes, go have fun. Spread your wings and fly, little one. I think it's going to be, it's actually going to be a really good time. Um, there's so many really cool um, fans that are going and, and also some people from Bioware. And cool. It's just, yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. And, and a lot of friends that, you know, I've met throughout the years over doing conventions and things like that. So it's going to be amazing. It's probably going to be one of awesome. my favorite cons of the year. Awesome. So. So high expectations. And then um, I also started a writer's club with uh, Mylin. Yay, Mylin. hey and, um And some other folks, including uh, David Hulagard, which I'm super excited about. So we're Ooh. passing around each awesome. other's books and, and kind of living through each other. So that's kind of fun. Dave's that's a really cool. super nice guy. Like I really, oh, he's the best. He's like a, just a genuinely nice individual. So I'm glad you guys are buddies. And with to be fair, his writing is amazing. He's oh, really? yeah, he's got a he's got a few books up on Amazon. So I encourage everybody to go check those out. He really is um a fantastic writer. So oh, cool. Yeah. Good stuff. So Sweet. what's been going on with you, Scott? Oh God. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well you should see the size of my hemorrhoid. <laughs> um, I was gonna go with wrestling bears, but hemorrhoid is good. I like Yeah. That. I've also been writing, but it's it's not been a book, but it, it's about the size of a book at this point, but, um, yeah, so I haven't really had a lot of time to do other things because I've been working a lot <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did check out a game called vulgar, the Viking, which we will talk about a little bit later in the show. And, uh, with what little free time I've had left, I've continued to play the swapper, which I highly recommend to fans of, um, sci-fi and platforming. Did I do anything else? I'm getting destroyed in our fantasy football leagues. You so sure are. that's a thing, right? <laughs> you are not doing well. So I guess in a sense, I haven't really been doing anything, you know, because I'm losing that one. But, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me this week. Just been really busy with work and that should all be alleviated in the, in the following month or so. So Yay. no worries. Yay. All right. Uh, Matt, how about you? Hey, hey. Ashes last. Deal with it. I don't dude. know. I'm just. Um, so I actually wasn't super busy at worky work this week, but was busy with uh, NA work, doing all the Bioware based stuff and and getting that out every morning and uh, 
promoting it and talking to people. We got favorited by Satan and and retweeted by Jesus this week, so I was really proud of that. <laughs> wow, that's a big account. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, I was so I was like monitoring our Twitter and the weirdest like because Twitter will kind of like you know blah and three others favorited your tweet or a tweet you were mentioning or something, and I was looking at it and one of them said Satan and two others favorited your tweet and I was like that's weird. <laughs> so then I screenshot it and put it online and was like this is weird. And then an hour later, I went to dinner with, with Ash and his wife and my wife. And I came home. I was sitting on the couch with my laptop. And I looked at our Facebook and it was like, you have 666 likes. And I was like, this is just getting creepy at this point. So <laughs> I screenshot, <laughs> I screenshot that and put it on Twitter. And then I said, if Jesus favorites one of our tweets, then I'm going to worry about the war for our, for the souls of NA. <laughs> and then, uh, a friend of ours was tweeting back and forth about it. And then Jesus favorited one of those tweets. And I was like, this is just amazing. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm pretty sure there is actually a war, a cosmic war for the souls of nerd appropriate, um, wow. between Satan wow. and Jesus. We will watch that very closely. So, yeah. um, I guess that's what's been going on this week. <laughs> can um, we take bets on whether or not, <laughs> can we just, can we make this like a fantasy football league type thing? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we'll score it. But sure. I don't either. <laughs> I just imagine the uh, the Satan from South Park, right? Like the yeah. Yeah. I guess you know. I, yeah. don't, I don't really know. It was Satan, though. Yeah. Lowercase Satan didn't feel too sure of himself. I realized, but or herself. I don't <laughs> not, know. What not a proper noun. The Satan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I read. I've been reading a lot. I finished a book that we're going to talk about later in this series called The Expanse, which is quickly becoming like one of my favorite sci-fi series of of all time. So, um, and that's about it. I haven't, I, I installed Witcher. I was really proud of myself. I installed it on my laptop. I was like, I'm going to play some Witcher. Oh, cool, man. And then I realized I don't have a mouse or a gamepad <laughs> that will work on my Mac. So. Uh, you, I don't think you can play with a gamepad, but you'll definitely want a mouse. Yeah. There's, so there's I a little inventory it. management in that game. I started it and then I was like, I can't actually control this game. <laughs> so I just stopped and didn't, didn't even play. So it was sad. It was a sad moment. But other than that, uh, been pretty good. How about you, Ash? Well, um, busy week. Good week, but busy week. Um, well, let's see what I've been doing. Uh, I guess the only really super interesting thing, I picked up GTA V, um, and I wasn't going to get GTA V because I was going to wait for the next-gen version of it. Mm-hmm. But I started doing some research, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to see. Like, Maybe it'll be you know next-gen launch title, et cetera, et cetera. I started reading all this stuff, and um, Rockstar apparently went on record saying they're not going to make a next-gen version of GTA V, um, and they have no plans on ever releasing a next-gen version of GTA V. So I was like, well, fuck. It's like, they say they're not going to do it, which they will. They will make a next-gen version. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt that they will, but um, I'm like, I might as well get it because it could be you know, another year down the road. Um, so I picked that up. Um, I actually got carded for GTA V. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, huh. and it, I got carded by someone that probably could have been my child. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, can I see your ID? And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> like, I'm like, can I see your ID? And I'm just like, what? Are you are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to see your ID. I don't want to lose my job. And I'm like, okay. And you're like, uh, what, you what voice is that? This is like this little uh, corpulent little bastard that <laughs> took my ID. corpulent. Yeah. That is a word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he. <laughs> Does that just mean of like carbon form? Like what? What is corpulent? I, I think it means rotund. <laughs> I don't think it, means oh. it is. This is a this is an SAT oh, wow. uh, SAT okay, study person. podcast. Fat. 
That's the definition. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I learned something new today. That's a five dollar word. It's a D and D word, like corpulent, corpulent corpse, or uh-huh. uh, whatever. Anyway, I learned my entire vocabulary from D and D, so that's why I don't make any sense half the time. <laughs> um, I love the voice, though. Well, anyway, so he asked for my ID, and I gave it to him. He's like, Ugh. he saw like my age, which we will not reveal in this podcast. And he was like, oh, like, like he saw a fucking, <laughs> like he saw like a grandpa or something. He was like, seventy four is a lot older than I thought. Seventy four, yeah. And so, um, I bought the game, and we'll talk about it in the review section. Um. I also watched the season finale of Heroes of Cosplay, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of uh, controversy with this with this episode. Um, I just have to say, I'm going to take a stance because normally I'm I'm pretty neutral about this stuff, but I think Ooh, everyone dangerous. on that no 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 I think everyone on that show worked their ass off, and I think that um, it's important for people to be accepting of um, everyone, even if people are on a reality TV show. So there were some people in the final episode that were quite frankly just being brats and i think they kind of deserve to get slapped down so there that's all i'm gonna say you know what else is corpulent what's that (laughs) (laughs) news the podcast schedule for the bioware base (laughs) that's true actually that actually kind of worked wow yeah because there's a lot of content there right exactly Uh a lot of content so, corpulent uh, content. <laughs> so all 12 podcasts are up now and there is no we got a little there was apparently an online rumor that we had hidden podcasts but Really? Uh yeah. Really? I think it was only in Poland by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean it yeah. was flattering but we we aren't hiding anything from you. Actually every the thing that that I don't know if you said to him every Dragon Age panel that happened in the BioWare base did actually go online, right? I don't think we yes. left any out. Yeah, there were so, none. So, yeah, there was a couple of Bioware panels that that didn't make it. I don't think we recorded or whatever, but they, but uh, most of them did. I think that was just about all the content almost that yeah. happened in Bioware bases now on the site. Yeah, I mean Sweet. there were some panels that repeated, so obviously we didn't do like you know two versions of how to get a job at Bioware or anything. Right. Like that. So, um, in terms of the ones that were of the highest quality, those are the ones that we put out. And um, twelve was a lot, so we hope yeah. you guys enjoyed it. Um, oh, everybody. I- can I just, I would like to say, I would just like to say that, um, <laughs> there was, um, with respect to the LGBTQ panel. Yeah. I realized that there were some static, there was some static and some technical issues. And, uh, uh, there was, uh, one question in particular where I don't think somebody was standing next to a microphone when that question was asked. And unfortunately, there was really nothing I can do to fix it without making the question completely unhearable. So I apologize to anybody that wanted to um, hear that podcast a little better, but it was, it was beyond our control. Well, I would just like to say that last week we talked about um, Hillary and Hillary, Hillary, Jesus, what did I just say? Hillary. As long as as you don't call me corpulent, I'm okay. (laughs) Last week we talked about (laughs) Hillary in the Bioware base and how good of a job you did. I would like to give uh, Scott some well-deserved props that he usually yes. doesn't get. Because yes. while oh, thanks, the guys. outside people don't know this, you know, like this is like this is inside baseball stuff. Scott actually edited, listened to, and put together all 12 of those podcasts by himself. So, uh, you know, that is a lot of effort. That That alone is somewhere around 15 hours of listening if you only gave it one listen through and then yeah. put it out. Mm-hmm. Which I know and, you didn't, and mess with all the levels to make them sound pretty. Try, so it's yeah, not try, like he try just to hit like a button. You know, there's a yeah, lot yeah. to it. 
there was there was a lot to it. So so a little you know round of applause to Scott for getting those all out. It was it was awesome work, and honestly wouldn't have happened without him. So thank you, Scott. Well, thanks, guys. Jubilation. Together. I I remember job. during the uh, during our NAF draft, um, we were all in the chat room talking, and I told I said something to Karen. I was like, I feel like I've been hanging out with you all week because I've <laughs> listened to like fifteen hours of this audio. <laughs> she kind of laughed. She's like, Yeah, I guess that would make sense. And I was like. I feel like I was in the room with you guys like the whole time. It was it was a little surreal to yeah. just just to like it's like you're like a fly on the wall to hear all that stuff. Well, I know, well, I know that sometimes people I think uh, make it more grandiose than what might be happening. That we have like some kind of team of people doing podcast editing and putting it together, and really is just one dude. It's just Scott getting it all done. So, <laughs> so good job, sir. Yeah, uh, I mean Yay, it's it's um, Scott. and uh, you know I you know it's not like nothing nothing was edited in the sense that's like nothing is trying to be hidden from you, but it's like if, um, you know, if there was some static or somebody knocked a microphone over or the levels were like mismatched, which would have like blown up your, you know, ear pods or whatever. I tried to fix, try to fix that kind of stuff. So it was a little more enjoyable to the listener. But, um, so there you go. I think you did a great job. Yeah, you did. It's good. On top of that, that page isn't going anywhere. It's going to stay up with all the interviews that we did. Um, and, uh, uh, all of the past stuff from PAX East and the current stuff from PAX Prime, you know, and you're always welcome to subscribe to the podcast on <laughs> iTunes and get it that way. But you're welcome to do that. <laughs> More than the, uh, the content is there, so we guest. hope you guys we hope you guys enjoy the effort and the amount of stuff that that got put out because it was a uh, a lot of stuff. But we're happy to do it. We're proud to do it. Mm-hmm. Dare dare I say, tuck into the page and listen to some awesome. Oh boy, yeah, there you, you go. Work that in somewhere, right? You Wouldn't know, I'm like a, try. <laughs> Paddle up to the page. Yeah. Paddle up. <laughs> up <to> exactly. The <laughs> page. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Was there anything else? Anybody else? I know I just kind of dominated that talk, but anybody else have anything they wanted to say? No, I just, you know, hats off to, to, to Scott and to everybody. I think they turned out great. And, you know, selfishly, I've really been enjoying listening to them because I was not there. Yeah. I was off running around doing other stuff at the show. So I've gotten to listen to them all week and they're awesome. And Ash and I would literally of... run back to the room nerve wracked every time to make sure oh, yeah. the thing was actually recording while we were gone. Did it record? Did it record? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were just waiting to go back and be like, no, and be like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, day three is not going to happen, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we can just yeah. like re-record it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to say that um, you know most people don't know this, but the, the scope of the project kind of increased about a week before... <laughs> the podcast schedule um was set so uh, i want to give huge props to scott for being like so accommodating um when we moved the number from like eight podcasts to 12 <laughs> so was like, thank you so much <laughs> yeah that, so yeah, much okay. for for being like okay and and seeing the value in in um in all the the, the new dragon age content that was that was talked about because that was not originally going to happen so um yeah. i really appreciate that yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't take all the, all the credit. We all worked very hard in different aspects. So I think, I think it was, um, kudos to us for, for getting this all pulled off and posted. Hey guys, everybody reach up real quick. Yeah. Pat yourself on the they, back. They, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's gonna, not my back. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to brush well the dirt now. off my shoulders. Can there I do that? Yeah. You can. Okay. Get that dirt off your shoulders. Exactly. Uh, Let's that's talk a about the expanse. Song. So um, I've been reading, if you remember correctly, I talked about a book called Leviathan Wakes a little while ago, mm-hmm. um, which is a, 
Somebody just die. Somebody get shot. What was that? Everybody Stoli. okay? That was Stoli. Stoli. Right. Is Stoli okay? You just wanted to say hi. Was Stoli <laughs> proud of the Bioware base too? Is that what just happened? He was. Oh, <laughs> that's literally, good. he just pushed the door open and barked. And I've, <laughs> I don't know. What that I've never met is. that dog, and I love Stoli yeah, so much already. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. It's fine. It was funny. Uh, but I talked about Leviathan Wakes a while ago. It's a um, sci-fi series. Kind of the original book was kind of detective noir mixed with sci-fi and horror um it was really great read uh and it ends up being a series called the expanse and the second book i'm going to talk about in the reviews is called caliban's war and then there's a third one um called abaddon's gate i believe that just came out in july of this year but uh i was doing a little research on the writers and stuff and i found out some news that happened just a couple weeks ago that the whole series got optioned for tv Ooh. And the head writers of Children for Men, Children of Men, and Iron Man, Man, uh, are kind of helming the project, and they're going to write an hour-long TV drama set in the sci-fi universe of the Expanse. Oh, that sounds yeah. awesome! That sounds I can't cool. wait. Just after that. reading the first book, that sounds amazing. Yeah, just just from hearing you guys talk about it, it sounds a lot like BSG, like minus yes. the Cylons. So I love yes. that. Like that tonally, it just sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk about kind of what I think the show could be based off of Caliban's War in the review. But I thought it was really awesome news. I think you know the more sci-fi TV, especially well written. The guys who are helming it are awesome, and the guys who wrote the series are equally awesome and are involved. Um, the the author's pen name is James S. A. Corey, which is actually two authors that work on the book um, together under one pen name. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. Look forward to it. Probably won't be you know for another year or two or at the earliest, but but the series is called The Expanse, and it's it's going to be on TV somewhere. Hopefully, hopefully somebody picks up the the pilot. So. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh yeah, sounds and then. Also in the news, I know this, our news is kind of quick today, a little thin, but also in the news, um, Monday, which will be yesterday when you hear this podcast, so we can all wildly speculate about what happened, <laughs> uh, Steam has been teasing the release of their own personal Steam box, and they're announcing it supposedly on Monday. The timing is, is critical now that the news Why, is something else happening? Out. Yeah. Is there like new consoles coming out or something? Like if or? you were... Okay, like how much crap, how much money do you think you would be spending if if you like single-handedly had to review all of these things? Like you buy a new iPhone, a Surface, oh. there's a, <laughs> two consoles, now the Steam box is coming out. Like what else? You know, there's all kinds yeah. of shit. Need that Not to mention money. the Android-based stuff, the Ouya and all that. Yeah, this is like a tech-pocalypse this holiday. <laughs> tech-pocalypse. Right? It is. It is a very expensive holiday for sure. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so the rumors around this thing are that it's going to be Steam branded and it is going to run Linux. Really? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. That's a word that I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Well, they've been pushing Linux because they want to get off Windows because they probably mm-hmm. don't want to pay licensing fees. So mm-hmm. Linux is their way to do it. Supposedly there's 2,000 games on Steam or something. I forget the exact number that, that already run on Linux. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and Weird. they're obviously going to push it even harder, probably. But uh, do you think this is a viable entrant? Do you think they're going to come in and stomp down one of the big three, or, or do you think this is just going to kind of live in its own little island and not mess with anything? And is this a hardcore thing, or is this a everybody's living room kind you of? You know, thing? now that you just it's mentioned hardcore. that question, I think like I think this will be very telling because I think um, Steam fans and to a greater extent PC players tend to like rally behind like 
the awesomeness of the mouse and keyboard, right? Right. But like, does that then extend to buying a Linux system where it's completely Windows independent and it's only just, you know, like probably just for gaming? You know what I mean? Oh, it yeah. will. I mean, so yeah, this, this is this will be failed. like where the rubber hits the road. You know, like will and you? It's- most likely not going to be keyboard and mouse. It's going to be controller. That's what oh. their big screen thing is. So their big screen beta that that we talked about, you know, I don't know how many episodes ago, is mm-hmm. is a way to control Steam, yeah. basically with a gamepad only. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like Steam PC fans may be torn over this, depending yeah. on what mm-hmm. the announcement is. I guess it depends. On, for me personally, it depends on the price point. I have been looking for a way without moving my rig all the way out to the, you know, to the TV room or to the mm-hmm. living room and, you know, getting a wireless adapter for my main PC. I've been looking for a way to, you know, play PC games, Steam games um, on my on my television. So I think this if this is cheap enough, it's definitely an option enough? for me. What's cheap enough? Uh, I would say I'd spend 300 I don't think it, I don't think it's gonna come even close. I don't think it, it is either. I was gonna yeah, say you, you have to come in. I think you have to come in under the consoles yeah, to make this I mean, viable. I, that, gonna, that wow, be under it. the consoles. If I have to speculate, which I'm great at doing and mm-hmm. always wrong, <laughs> I'm going to say that it, it might come in at the Xbox price at the really? lowest. You think it's gonna be five for the? Well, bottom? I mean, think about it. So the way computers get cheap is by mass producing. They they aren't going to mass produce this thing. It's good. I mean, they'll they'll make a lot of them, but not in the kind of numbers. So like, I don't think people realize the Xbox and the PS4, especially the PS4 this year, essentially lose money for mm-hmm. the first two years that they exist. The the mm-hmm. hardware costs more than they're selling it because if they sold it at eight hundred dollars, no one would ever freaking buy the damn thing. Mm-hmm. So there, it's a it's a loss leader for them for the first year or two that it's out. I don't know that Steam is going to come out with a loss leader just to get... I mean, maybe they will, but they've never really been the kind of Google undersell everybody company. I don't feel like, except for their... I mean, I know their Steam sales are like... That's what everybody talks about, but I don't know. Did you see the wording on this page? The wording is fascinating. It says, Last year we shipped a software feature called Big Picture, a user interface tailored for televisions and gamepads. So far, so good. This year, we've been working on even more ways to connect the dots for customers who want Steam in the living room. Still makes sense. Mm -hmm. Soon, we will be adding you to the design process so that you can help us shape the future of Steam. What does that last sentence mean? I have no idea. (laughs) It means they're going to be tracking you. But I'm saying, like, the last statement could have been, soon, we'll be, like, making those dreams come true. We'll be helping you realize this this dream of getting something in the living room. But I mean, instead, they say you're going to shape the process. Maybe it's a customizable Steam box. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, who they, knows? I maybe, think they want to give you more control. Maybe you can buy a three hundred dollar box, and it's just like low end computer, essentially, a joke up to your TV. Mm-hmm. What who if knows? it's a, what if it's like a dongle that like somehow streams from your computer to your television? Seriously, it's it could be. It's not a bad I, idea. I, I think that Gabe Newell and Valve never fail to surprise when they do stuff. So. We'll see. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I think it's interesting to see a, a kind of outside player come in and do kind of whatever they feel like doing because they're actually a massive name even for being an outside player. Yeah. You know? It's just it's just fascinating how many choices will be on the horizon soon. Yeah. And um, with all of the games moving into like a collaborative kind of model, it just feels you know with more games offering multiplayer and and even MMOs moving to consoles, which is huge. Um, you know, it's going to be really difficult when so many of your friends are on different platforms. 
So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Not yeah. only that, when every game is also like a 100 hour epic open world mm. adventure, you know, how yeah. do you, how do you <laughs> yeah. divide your time? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so the last bit of news is, um, I don't know if it's shocking, but Grand Theft Auto Five Ash, Ash helped to have this happen. You yeah. jerk. Go me. <laughs> Sells $1 billion worth of games in three days. Their That's opening crazy. day numbers were, I think, eight hundred million, if I remember yeah, right correctly. Around there. And by the end of the weekend, it was over a billion. Yeah. How many units is that? Do you know? Oh, geez. No. Oh, idea. I don't know. Um, a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan. Ryan actually asked. He said, "How long did it take the Avengers to hit a billion?" And I said, "I think it took five to six days." But the difference being that Avengers tickets are fifteen dollars a piece, and mm-hmm. GTA Five is sixty to a hundred. But Still, it's totally different experiences, too. One's a thing that you'll play for probably a couple months, and the other one was a thing you saw for an hour and a half. So, mm-hmm. To be fair, though, I mean, this is a really good time to release a game. There isn't really... I there's mean, nothing. There's nothing yeah, right now, so yeah. that's pretty smart. And people, you, and a lot a lot of people aren't going to be early adopters on the consoles. They'll probably wait till you know yeah, next year price or drop. price drop. You know so, was, yeah. Go ahead. You know what's crazy, though? I remember being in line to pick up GTA 4. Um, and GTA 4 and Mass Effect 1 released on the same day. Wow. To give really? a little bit of a timestamp. So it's been mm-hmm. a long time also. So people are very eager. But for they, this did there's been, they did yeah. Red Dead and um, L.A. Noir. Yeah, and Max Payne. Well, and aren't there like like different flavors of GTA like in different locations? Like that Liberty City, all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is like, I guess, the next numbered one. You know, the next big numbered Rockstar GTA game. But it's been, you know, I don't even know how long ago was Mass Effect 1, but it's been four or five years. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you know what scares me about this, though? This is the only thing that scares me about this. I I don't really, I'm not a GTA guy. I used to try, like, last game Mm -hmm. I really played was Vice City. Um, And it just was, it was good. I liked it, but I just, I get bored at some point with their games and i just don't it's just not my forte if you will um but what scares me about this is i feel like it changes the scope of what success is for a major league game and that is terrifying because it means less games of variety less games of like chance taking you know what i mean like it's like well gta 5 sold a billion dollars worth why can't we do this you know Mm -hmm. like what are the you know like three gigantic franchises come to mind which are gta um Call of Duty and like Madden football. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, a lot of like these games are like not really, they're kind of like over sensationalized versions of real life, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're not like, they don't introduce like fantastical elements like spaceships or dragons or something like that. You see what I mean? Like it's kind of like a, like a, like a hyper, hyper version of real life, which is weird that like those are the games that have the biggest mass appeal are the games that just simulate aspects of things that actually happen, you know? Well, don't you think, too, I mean, if you look at Call of Duty, GTA, and Madden, these are all, like, games that that people can feel like, I'm not a gamer. Like, they might think to themselves, like, okay, I play a lot of video games, but at the same time, like, oh, I don't like those dragons, or, oh, I'm not Dungeons & Dragons. No, I I I really don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I saw, I think The Verge wrote an article about, like, the appeal of GTA V is, like, the mundane is what the appeal is, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, you can get in a car and drive around and use a bulldozer and knock stuff over, and you're like, "Mm -hmm." Mm mm-hmm. I don't know. It it is. It's a kind of a really surreal experience, which I'll talk about when I kind of review it, so. All right. Awesome. 
does so when Titanfall comes out and it only sells five hundred million dollars worth of copies, is that going to be a failure? I don't think so. I think there's a different bar for GTA's and for you think and so? for yeah, and for Call of Duty's. I think, <clears throat> I think, I mean, the bar used to be what was it, three million copies is seen as like an uh, an incredible success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and one million copies is these days is kind of like breaking even for a large AAA game. Um, and I'm, I'm, I might be butchering that, but last, that's what my memory is telling me. So I don't know exactly how many, $1 billion in sales is for GTA five, but that's a whole lot of copies. I don't think, I don't think most, um, publishers can really aim for that at this point. I mean, that's plus, plus we're at kind of the, the height of these consoles, right? I mean, like, yeah. Every PS3 and Xbox 360 that was going to be sold has been sold. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they are, they are all in the market at this point. You know, I mean, with exception, mm-hmm. there, there'll always be some trail in through the console's life cycle. But mm-hmm. like th- this, the most amount of people that feasibly could buy a game feels like is right now. You know what I mean? Like the, the, there's consoles are sold, the PCs are out there. Yeah. So this number is like probably unreachable in certain other points of the cycle. But yeah. like. Yeah, oh, and that's this is a big friggin' number in a very short amount of time. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's actually it's funny you said that. That's exactly what Rockstar said when people said, "Well, why didn't you make this next gen?" Because you totally could have. They said, "Well, we wouldn't be able to sell as many because yeah. there's not going to be that many consoles that exist. You know, no one. There's not that many early adopters. You know, um, so they would have the game done and it just wouldn't have sold as many copies. And yeah. so. I mean, they're going to be geniuses. They're going to sell a billion now, and then when they come out with the ultra, you know, yeah. ultra deluxe edition in a year, they'll sell another, you know, another million copies. Yeah. So, factually correct. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll do some reviews. Sweet. Nice. Alright, so this week, Ash and I played a game called Volgar the Viking, and I think this game could best be described as sort of like an homage to old school side-scrolling like fantasy beat-em-up games in the style of Ghosts and Goblins. Yes, absolutely Ghosts and Goblins. And like, um, what's that, what was the one that was on Sega that was really popular? Golden Axe? It's a little golden axe. I mean, it's definitely it's a like in the of, movement, the way that the controls are, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like it's not. It's weird because like you know, I think the controls are like intentionally stiff in the way that the characters move. You know, kind of yeah. harkens back to that old sixteen-bit era of those games. Yeah, Castlevania style. Yeah, yeah, and let me tell you, like, I played this game for maybe like two hours, and I couldn't get anywhere in it. I don't know if it went any better for you, but this game is fucking hard. That makes me feel a lot better because I did about the same thing. I did about two and a half, three, and I plan on going back, but mm-hmm. you know, time time was rather limited this week. But I mean, all joking aside, I kind of made a note to myself. I said, "Did I play Volgar the Viking, or did Volgar the Viking play me?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because this game. <laughs> fucking destroyed Vikings tend to do that. Destroyed me. First of all, the checkpoints are so far apart, right? Mm-hmm. And you have essentially, you start out with like two hit points. You can get hit twice by obstacles, traps, monsters, whatever. So you get hit without any armor, which is like 
you know, Ghosts and Goblins style, mm-hmm. your armor gets knocked off and then you're kind of vulnerable, right? Yeah. You get hit twice and you die. And holy shit, they throw a lot of stuff at you. So yeah. it is insanely difficult. It's kind of like, you know, like in even though this game is difficult, you still want to play it. And I think that's sort of a testament to, you know, both the quality of this particular game and the nostalgia of those old games. You know, absolutely. Because yeah. every time you die, you learn something. You know, in, a new enemy appears and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go up and bash him with my sword. And then he does this weird attack and then you die. And you're like, okay, this time, you know, like, I'm going to mm-hmm. jump and then I'm going to duck and then I'm going to hit him and then I'm going to back up two squares and then I'm going to hit him again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Ha- Let me ask you this. In the very beginning, uh, there's a part where you're sliding down a hill mm-hmm. uh, and there's like spikes on the left when you land in the middle. How many times did you die sliding down the hill? And then there's all the crap. As soon as you get to the bottom of the hill, there's all those things there. Oh I must have died 20 times. It's brutal. Even like the first time you, like the thing I was talking about was the plant that mm-hmm. shoots the spores out. Yeah. Like I probably died at that thing five times before I, you know, you have to have patience when you play this game. Mm-hmm. Like you really need to be like that cold calculating platformer that you used to be, you know, where you, <laughs> where you like know like yeah. your spacing and like how much damage you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we joked about um, with the guys that were making Blood of the Werewolf um, at PAX. We joked about the gutsman level from uh, the original Mega Man and how challenging that was with the disappearing blocks and stuff. Yeah. And this is kind of on par with that. I mean, it is like hardcore platforming, but the all the attacks and and how you actually maneuver your character and such are. Um, they're incredibly well done. So, like, when you fuck up, it's because you fucked up. It's not because the mechanics mm-hmm. are bad or anything like right. that. And you do. You learn from every single encounter that you have, and you get better. So, like, you'll do the same five first five minutes of the game. Probably, for me, it was, like, 25 times, and yeah. I just kept dying. But then by the end of that, I could do the first five minutes of the game flawlessly, absolutely flawlessly, because you learn every single pattern, and you get better as you progress. But the problem is, then you start getting to these parts later on that are just in fucking sane like there's just stuff coming from all angles and you're having to jump and throw spears and it's it's nuts but i really enjoyed it i had a lot i of did fun too and you know at the same time like while you're learning it's also a game of discovery like you discover attacks that work well you discover you know movement techniques that work for you and that's sort of part of the enjoyment of playing a game like this i think no, I agree. Um, we should probably say who made it. So it's oh, made yeah. by a small studio called Crazy Viking Studios. Um, it's published by Adult Swim Games, who are super cool guys. Um, they got this game kickstarted, right? Yeah, so this game was kickstarted. The soundtrack is, I love it. I absolutely love the soundtrack. Um, you know, I, admittedly, I am not the biggest, like, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of platformers, but I'm not good at platformers. It's not in your wheelhouse. No, but I, I enjoyed this game. I, I really thought it was a lot of fun and. This is the kind of game we were talking about, the Steam Box earlier. This makes me want to have a controller in my hand and be able to sit on my couch and just kind of like veg out, play an old school platformer, and just like relax, you know? So, did yeah. you use a control pad when you played it? Oh, yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I might need that's... to get a new one for this. I just kind of want like a like a USB Nest pad, you know? No, you can um just get uh you can get a wired Xbox 360 controller. Oh, okay. It works I perfectly. I should probably do that. So my my recommendation is to do that. You can get a wireless one too, but the wired one I think is just, you know, how you can use it on your TV if you had to. You know, as far as like your yeah. regular console goes. I use like an old Logi- Logitech, um, but I should probably swap it out for the the 360, just especially for a game like this where you need a really a really tight D pad. Mm-hmm. You need a tight, <laughs> tight D on this one. Yeah, a totally totally tight D. Yeah. 
Okay, so where can where can people find Volgar the Viking if they want to check it out and be destroyed themselves? Yes, um, if you're looking to be destroyed, you can get it on Steam. It's currently eleven ninety nine, um, and that's where you could probably pick it up. On yeah, Steam. super fun. It's it's crazy. Like it's reminds me of that sixteen bit era. Yeah, definitely worth twelve bucks. Cool. So speaking of another game that started out in the sixteen bit era, tell us about GTA. Yeah, so um, still that top-down look, right? Man, it's been a while since yeah. I played it. That was like the last time I enjoyed GT. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I guess I have some really positive things to say and some really negative things to say about GTA Five. Um, I'll start off with the positive stuff. Well, how far um, into it before you before you just launched? Uh, how far okay. are you actually into it right now? I'm probably only six or seven hours in so i'm okay. not like my percentage complete says like eight percent so i'm right. not very far but I'm, I'm definitely far enough to understand the mechanics of the story and all that stuff so wait um, did I'll, you did you hear the part where they said something on the radio about using a woman as a urinal i have not heard that but granted <laughs> um normally when the radio is on there's all sorts of other shenanigans going on so <laughs> true that uh, well okay <laughs> yeah there is lots of shenanigans uh so <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Sorry, I'm anyway. not trying to break the podcast. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. So shenanigans on the radio. Yeah. Yep. Um, shenanigans. So, so positives and negatives. Sorry. Positive, like, I, positives and negatives. So first of all, the game is absolutely gorgeous. Um even though it is not a next gen game, it looks it looks just phenomenal. Um the game has little to no load times. Uh, you can go inside of, of homes and dwellings and everything. Like it, when you go inside of like a character's house, everything is completely decorated. Like there's pictures on the wall and there's silverware on the table. And hmm. it's just, I can't imagine. I mean, the world is massive and everything is so incredibly detailed. Um, what was it, this? But, what was this nonsense about, about loading the second disc? Like you weren't supposed to install the second disc. Oh, um, I, I heard that. I mean, it's been patched. I think since then. I think oh, it had okay. it had some day one problems, but it was an eight gigabyte install required. So you need at least eight gigabytes of space to play the game at all. So, mm. uh, in order, I guess, to make this big world possible on uh, an Xbox 360, you need to install a large chunk of information. But um, you know, the world is 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 gorgeous, and you can drive anywhere and do anything pretty much from the very beginning of the game. Um, you. you to say that it, I mean, okay, I'll give an example of a mission just to kind of give you guys some perspective. Um, the missions I've played have all been kind of unique to the GTA universe, uh, meaning that it's not just like, hey, there's some bad guys, we need to kill them and take their money and like rob a car. Mm-hmm. Um, this, these are a little bit more creative um, so far. Like, so the mission I just did, it won't be a spoiler, but uh, the main character, I guess there's three main characters, but one of the main characters, Michael, is sort of like this. Uh, retired bad guy and he's trying to have a he's trying to have a good life but he doesn't get along well with his family he's sort of like a tony soprano type character uh meaning that uh, he well how about this a retired tony soprano so he's a super tough guy you don't want to fuck with him at all but he kind of wanted to give the life up and start over but his family hates his guts they yell at each other all the time you just feel terrible for the guy like his kid's a fucking scumbag his wife is cheating on him with like a tennis pro. His daughter's like about to become a porn star. He just has like this terrible existence that's not really that fun to play as. Like, why would you want to be in this guy's shoes, right? Hmm. Um, and so one mission, he gets in like a, a verbal altercation with his son, and he's like, "You never, you never do anything. All you do is sit around and play video games." And he like 
smashes his kid's TV with a chair and he's like, get out, you know, get out of the house, you fat ass. Let's go for a bike ride. So you go on a bike ride with your son. <laughs> wow. This, this is a mission. Uh, uh-huh. This is what happens. So you go on a bike ride with your son and like you're arguing the whole time and like calling each other horrible names and like it's really like a super negative experience, right? And I'm like, oh my God, like this is just depressing me. Um, then, you know, you kind of race with your son on bikes and kind of patch some things up. And then the mission will shift. And he's like, you see that boat out there? He's like, your daughter's on that boat. You need to swim out there because your daughter is about to have sex for money with a bunch of porn stars. And so you, like, rip your shirt off on this dock, like, dive into the water and swim out to this yacht. And, like, kick everyone's ass and rescue your daughter. And then you're in a jet ski race. <laughs> what? <Whoa. laughs> okay. And it's all seamless, right? So it's, like, mm-hmm. it's really unique and really... um amazing to kind of behold but tonally it's so incredibly dark so i was thinking about it i'm like well what like what is the tone of this game like who is it supposed to appeal to what is it all about and it is it's so you don't feel guilty for killing hookers and driving over people right i feel like hillary keeps poking at one point of this game (laughs) yeah no i mean okay so there's been no to me like so far there's not like you can kill anybody you want. So it's not just no, I know. kill a grandma. You could kill anybody on the side of the road. Yeah, I but killed... you have less guilt if you have nothing because they're establishing the fact that you really have nothing to lose. Yeah, that's true. But also like the, the, the person I'm considering the main character, Michael, like I haven't really done anything too bad yet. Like mm-hmm. I've been driving around the city and stuff, but I've been kind of like playing it in the real world, meaning I'm, I'm obeying traffic laws mm-hmm. and not running. What? people. Yeah, no, I am. I'm just like, I haven't gotten any stars yet. I'm just going through the missions and doing stuff. And right now I'm planning a bank heist, but I'm like, you know, it's for a very particular reason that I'm, that I'm robbing this bank in the future. But so I'm playing it a little strange. But anyway, I think this game has to be looked at sort of like how a person looks at a show like The Wire or looks at a show mm-hmm. like The Sopranos. Like it's hyper realistic crime and it's very vulgar and very violent, but it's also not for children and it's not, it's not a game, right? It is, it's kind of like, uh, immersing yourself in a really terrible world, right? Mm-hmm. So I think when people are like, oh, there's this game and all you d- run around is do terrible things and like kill hookers and like you're just this scumbag. That's true. But also if you look at any of those shows or shows like mm-hmm. Walk Empire or, you know, any of those. Or like hyper- Ray Donovan. Yeah. Or any of the shows, they are exactly the same as GTA five. It's a, which dark- is a great show and everybody should support it. Yes. All right, keep going. No, it is a great show. (laughs) No, leave Shriver or whatever his name is. I I wasn't trying to. It's fine. I wasn't trying to make this real. It's okay. (laughs) So really, I mean, at at face value, the game is vulgar and terrible, and the things that come out of the characters' mouths are terrible. Like my wife was just kind of like shaking her head at the conversations because they're fucking awful. I mean, they're they're talking about like sodomy and just like beating people up and swearing each other and like and she's like, if kids heard this, it would be incredibly offensive. But it is a it's a it's not meant for children at all. It's meant for adults mm-hmm. to kind of distinguish between the reality of that situation and, and kind of what you know what's really going on. So which is probably good that you got carded when you bought the game. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Um, so anyway, in terms of gameplay, the 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 gunplay is better than ever before. The driving's better than ever before. Uh, so far, the storyline's a little bit lackluster, but um, I'm very very early into the story. Um, I kind of see where it's going and I'm liking where it's going. Mm-hmm. It's doing a really good job of establishing characters, which is hard to do in a sandbox game, I think. But um, I really feel like uh, 
I don't know if I would give it tens like everyone else did. Q dollar sign amount. <laughs> uh, huh. Well, but, we don't rate games over here. You know that, right? No, I did. I definitely know that. But okay. uh, I definitely say if you're into, you know, a dark crime noir, um, you know, tonally kind of depressing games, then this might be something that you enjoy. <laughs> Is this like the like the HBO Showtime of video games? Is that what's happening here? Absolutely. It is a, it's a game for adults. <laughs> Poor Matt. In, immersed yeah. in crime. I think I mean, he meant Showtime HBO, but that's fine. No big deal. Oh. <laughs> it's semantics. You can put whichever one you want first. So um, I think a couple weeks down the line, because we have um, a couple busy weeks coming up with guests and such, but maybe when I'm actually fully through the game, I'll, I'll give a, a synopsis of the non, a spoiler free synopsis of like my final feelings on it. But right now, I think it's an impressive piece of technology um it definitely has some flaws but good stuff all right uh hillary you watched sleepy hollow i did and actually there's an article that nat wrote stumpy nat um she is amazing by the way and i'm so happy that she's um writing more for the site i think she's phenomenal and i really love the way that she lays out her opinions on things so if you haven't already checked it out you should but yes i did watch sleepy hollow as well and um, it's a show on Fox, and I believe it's Sunday nights, um, but it just aired the pilot this week. Yeah. And um, it was okay. I, I agree with some of the things that, that Nat says in her review. Um, it does dive pretty deep into um, the world of, like, the apocalypse and some biblical hmm. uh, revelations type stuff with, like, the four horsemen. But overall, it's a pretty decent show. Production value is very high. Um, the actors are just okay. I don't know. I, I don't, I think it didn't meet where I wanted it to. I didn't, I don't think it made it the kind of impression that I wanted it to. I think, um, because I'm really into like Ichabod Crane and the cartoon that we all grew up with, with Sleepy Hollow. And then also the Johnny Depp movie, Sleepy Hollow. So it's okay. It's not like the best thing that ever happened, but I think it's enough to keep watching it and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. So have you guys seen it at all? No, I haven't yet. No, it's on my DVR to watch, but my wife made a point that, um, it's becoming grim kind of, there's going to be a monster of the week. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, I think the setting is a little off. I think that the, one of the big, um, I don't know the, one of the big attractors of, of, Sleepy Hollow, the story is the time, I, I think is the setting. Um, having it be modern day is a little bit uh, jarring. I don't, I don't know. There's something weird about it. And it starts off um, in the uh, Revolutionary War. And I seriously felt like I was playing Assassin's Creed 3 oh, <laughs> at really? one point. Yeah. And then it jumps to present day. And I think it's it's really hard to think about Sleepy Hollow present day. Because well, honestly, it's kind, of, it's kind of a romanticized story. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a guy riding around killing people with no head. Yes. But but kind of the the fog and and the setting and the mood is really set in that in that late eighteen hundreds uh, turn of the century type time. So I, I don't know it it's it's hmm. just okay. It's entertaining okay. enough to watch, but I don't think it's like the breakout hit of the season. Do you watch right. Grimm, Hillary? I do. I like Grimm. Oh, okay. And, and Grimm Grimm isn't trying to be romantic and play on on old yes. tales of. Of yonder. <laughs> well, I mean, it does, but it's not. You know, it's kind of grown I don't into know its the own. Word I'm trying to find. It's early. <laughs> that sorry. was awesome. Yeah, the yes. old tales of yonder. T- tales of yore. Is, is tales that... of yore. Yeah, 
And I just looked outside and it's raining. So I, I apologize if I'm a little bit scattered. It never rains here in California. So it's like, whoa, it's raining. Okay. Well, so I should watch it is what you're saying. It's on my DVR. Don't erase it. Don't erase it, but don't don't plan to love it. And and it's something that maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should just keep it in your DVR. So if you're ever bored, you can check it out. Yeah. 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 Right. It's an interesting premise. It's just not it's it's just not what I wanted it to be. Yeah. So a while back, uh, I read a book called *Leviathan Wakes*, which is part of a series called *The Expanse* um, by pen name authors James S. A. Corey, which is actually two guys, uh, and loved it. Scott read it along with me, not together. That would be weird. But we both <laughs> in bed every night. We read similar it similar times, um, and it is kind of a like to recap that book. It is it's set from two perspectives. It's written from Detective Miller and James Holden. James Holden's like the captain of the ship. Detective Miller's a a uh, detective in what's called the um, the outer planets. Like he's 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 a kind of a broken down old school detective, film noir kind of detective guy. Um, and it follows their story as it kind of intertwines, and then eventually completely meets. And it's it's this sort of space epic about a horror setting where this alien thing called the proto molecule uh kind of shows up and the earth tries to weaponize it versus the martians who are also human they're just colonizing mars um tries to weaponize it and everything just of course goes wrong and then you know kind of everything kind of explodes from there and this this sort of proto molecule takes on um i don't know how you describe it uh, scott maybe like an ai is what i said earlier yeah, it's, it's kind of self-thinking, but yeah, it's it has not some necessarily kind of intelligence in its. Yeah, it's not necessarily. Its its, yeah, it's not necessarily its own being. It's it's kind of this weird. It they tries speak, to like but, defend itself. Wait, do way. any do any of the Martian colonists or whatever do they ever come to Earth? They no, actually don't travel back and forth. Think of a it. Lot. Think oh, of good. it more as if humans spread far enough across the universe, and they were separated long enough that they sort of like built animosity towards one another yeah, yeah well isn't isn't one of the principles of like one of the reasons why the, the whole mars thing is kind of an issue is because if you stayed on mars long enough the density of your bone changes yeah so you couldn't so they, come back to earth yes oh so, they do kind of talk about that they in the talk book about that a lot in the second book yeah so, oh good so this the first just, book just is want really, to make sure we're founded in principles here yes we, we actually are there. <laughs> it's written so the first book uh, the complaint that a lot of people had is some people just don't like that A-B perspective because it bounced chapter to chapter between the two mm-hmm. guys. The second book comes in and kind of leaves this small story uh, and expands it into this the universe of the Expanse. And there's actually a lot of political intrigue in the second book. The second book deals a lot more with the politics of what's called the Belters. So there's four real sections. There's Earthers, Earth, which is people who were born and raised on Earth. Um, the Belters, which is this kind of like asteroid belt that they have come to colonize to get like water and ice off these asteroids. And they use that to ship to Mars and to Earth to, to you know, as, as resources, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then Mars, which the best way I describe it usually is like uh, either either the West in the 1800s in America or probably even more fitting, like when Columbus went to the Americas and found basically a whole other planet to them. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of what Mars is. Is it terraformed? Um, so they are in the process of terraforming Mars. 
Wow, um, this during sounds... this series. So like, I really want to read this. The series is amazing. The the whole the premise of the setting is that we haven't made first. Well, originally is that we haven't made first contact, but we have left Earth. So there's space stations. There's the people living on the belt. There's Mars. There's Earth, and then there's a, a faction called the OPA, which is the Outer Planet Alliance, and it's kind of like uh, people from the belt and people from different moons that have been colonized, um, sort of creating their own government um, out of the remnants, and they're kind of against Mars and Earth. They play this kind of rogue element in politics um, to that they're trying to Earth and Mars both want to kind of control, but can't really. It's it's a really interesting setup, and they set that up pretty well in the first book. In the second book, they just like they assume that you know what's going on now and dive headfirst into it. So, it introduces um, three new characters. Uh, there's a the Earth is basically run by the UN at this point. It's no longer like America and Russia. It's just the UN, hmm. and uh, they introduce this woman named uh, Ava Sarala, I believe is how you'd pronounce it. And she's of Indian descent and is like the secretary, the next person in command of the secretary general of the UN. And she's like total political badass. I'd compare her to maybe like a Hillary Clinton, um, basically just like is like crass and gets her way and knows how to talk her way through everything, knows how to play the political game. And that's like her character is all about playing the game and like owning everything and putting people against each other and, and stuff. But is also at the same time, grounded in humanity and, and very much like a positive character. Um, the other one is this Martian Marine who's a woman also. Her name's Bobby. Uh, everybody calls her Gunny. And she <laughs> basically loses her platoon very early on um, and becomes sort of a figurehead for Mars, but then kind of gets incorporated into the Earth part of the story. She's like kind of a weird figure. And then there's a guy named Prax who's a biologist on Ganymede, which is a moon out by Jupiter, I believe, or Jupiter, one of Jupiter's moons. Um, and he loses his daughter, gets kidnapped, and kind of becomes part of this whole science-slash-political game that ends up. And then James Holden's back uh, with his whole crew, which is awesome. They're, they're really well-fleshed-out characters. And they, they are kind of thrust into the middle of this, of course, because he's kind of our protagonist from the first book. He's the string that I think... We'll go through all the books. But he uh, gets thrust into the middle of all of this crap going down. And it, of course, all involves the protomolecule again. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the protomolecule, even though it's it's basically the main point of the book, because if I do, I'll ruin the first book for anyone that reads it. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, so basically, all this stuff from the first book has happened. It's slowly um, growing and getting worse. And now there's like this weird sort of Cold War-esque standoff between Mars, Earth, and the OPA happening. And it is absolutely awesome. I was I was hooked through the entire book. Um, I read it really fast, and I think it's about the same length as Leviathan Wakes, which is pretty long. It's not the shortest book in the world. Um, but, man, I, like when I read that it, it's becoming a T, I kept thinking the entire time, like, good Lord, this could be a movie like a trilogy easily like this it's written so well and it's got such like a depth to it that Mm -hmm. i just really loved it and if you are at all into sci-fi stories and want to read what i think is a pretty unique setting usually usually we've already made contact in sci-fi stories you know we're fighting the big bad alien or we're dealing with you know what what it's like to be the newcomer in space or whatever and this one's more like 
you know, we don't know what the hell's going on. Essentially, we've we've barely gotten out into space. They make the point multiple times that there's like they they estimate like 500 million habitable planets out there, you know, or something among that number. And it they they point out like how vast this this universe is and that we are just such a tiny dot and we're just figuring out how to like baby step off of our planet essentially and it's such a unique setting and so well written and so much fun that I, I have to recommend this like the the first book was great and was a really great kind of weird genre book and the second book is like holy crap this is a great universe so cool awesome you who, said there was a third one produ- oh, sorry uh yeah there's a third one called uh abaddon's gate um, cool i bought it but I have not picked it up yet. It was just released a couple months ago, um, so it's relatively new. Uh, and then there's actually another book set in the Expanse, but it's not part of it's not part of this. Like I don't even think it's a trilogy. I think they have plans to keep writing them. So I, I don't. I it's this other Expanse book is just kind of about some of the characters. I think that they've introduced. No, they that's just cool. To write some more stuff. I think it's a short. Like it might be a novella. Yeah. Nice. So who's but, producing the TV show? Did you say? Um, I did not. Okay. I had it on my, after all that, I didn't even say the name of the ship, the Ros- Rosinante. <laughs> it's a Don Quixote's horse. It's the name of the ship that James Holden is on. But that ship is like, uh, is pretty important as well. And, and is a, a pretty central character. It's just, it's kind of amazing. Um, I think it's called Alcove or Alcor Entertainment. Okay. Awesome. Uh yeah, Alcor Films is the Alcor. That's interesting. Not Alcor. No, Alcor is interesting. They're they're the premier uh, pioneers With in uh, cry- cryogenic <laughs> freezing. Oh. Um. But yeah, uh, highly, highly, highly recommended. I had a I had a lot of fun reading this book. So, if you guys are all like Ash, I know when we were talking about it earlier, you said it felt very like BSG sounding um and you know i can't agree or disagree on that so if that if the description sounds like it then yes i don't know a lot of politics involved Hmm, cool good stuff sounds awesome well let's uh we'll take another quick break and we'll come back with our naquado um where we were all enter a dimly lit dungeon (laughs) okay This is Raphael Sparge. You're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at nerdappropriate.com. Okay, we are back with our Nerd Appropriate Question of the Week, which is actually a contest. And uh, this time we said you can win yourself a copy of Robot Loves Kitties Legend of Dungeon, which is currently available on Steam. And we're going to be giving away uh, two copies of the game to people that had the best answer to this question. And the question was... You enter a dimly lit dungeon and find a large unlocked oaken door. Behind this door, you discover blank. <laughs> and we have a number of bizarre, terrifying, and hilarious answers to go through. Uh, can I, can I from, admit something really quick? Yes, sure. It took me a full day to figure, figure out what FITB stood for in front of your question. Oh. So I, I am an idiot. No, it's okay. <laughs> I think my wife said the same thing. Like, what is I was FITB? Like, I'm like, FITB. it wouldn't fit. Yeah. 
Melissa, Melissa was like, FITB. Oh, fill in the blank. And I'm like, it's a teacher. Oh, thing. fill in yeah. the blank. <laughs> we use it a lot in, in, in the teaching world. But um, let's go ahead and start with the first one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing. You enter a dimly lit dungeon and find a large unlocked oaken door. Behind this door, you discover a towering mountain of your own corpses, a mysterious box, and a flute. Oh, a flute. And, and that was actually from one of the devs. <laughs> that one was from Alex, who uh, works for uh, Robot Loves Kitty. So thank you, Alex, for <laughs> for that fucking scary answer. <laughs> All right, Next. All right, so Natalie at Stumpy Nat says, Ash with the revolver in the library. This isn't an official entry, just me being a dork. Happy face. <laughs> it could be an hey, official entry. Any clue? I love it. It's okay cool. by me. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Anorax Oasis says, You see a room with a second door on the other end. You move toward it. You hear, Sss. You turn to see a tall green figure. Kaboom. Oh my God. I don't know what that means. It's so terrifying. It's scary. What is I the green figure? Is a bomb. I don't know what the green figure is. I don't know. I love I it. Like though. This is a reference is it, we're I, all missing. It's uh, Minecraft. Oh, it's a creeper. Thank you. Oh, there we go. It's a creeper. Okay. It's a creeper. Thanks hey. for keeping us honest. Oh, creatures are short. And just anyway. when you're questioning my value on this podcast. <laughs> what? <laughs> Your value has we never come into question. Never. I know. You're I'm just kidding. me up all day long here. I'm not questioning shit. I know. Well, no. Well, you're the only one, so more I, often. I I appreciate it, Matt. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. All right, so Kyle Holt <laughs> at oh, there's a timestamp on it. <laughs> no, don't say bueno, it. no, no, you bueno. don't have to read it. <laughs> All right, twenty three hundred and four. Robin Egg, blue finches trailing behind, jabbering mildly coherent one liners. I like that. <laughs> I was really reading that sentence carefully. <laughs> you were. Um, Justin D, who's at Justin on Twitter, says, um, it would be one of those Looney Tunes bits where there are multiple doors and it shrinks down to a mini door. At Cat Jack, Jock says, uh, Ash making inappropriate statements about Redskin Packers. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the callback to last week, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, Jazzmore at Jazzmore says, you discover all the socks, all, all the socks that were ever and all the socks that ever will go missing in the entire universe. All here. <laughs> she then follows by saying, you discover the bathroom. Oh, thank God. Whoever built this place was not taking my bladder into consideration. <laughs> Love it. Um, Derek Baker at Hello Scientist says, a green slime. Classic, man. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the classics. No, green slime's good. Ringy yeah. Renee says, a wall with a message, overthinking, scrawled upon it. Upon it, not upon it. <laughs> wow. Coles, uh, at Michael Coles, says, darkness. I cast magic missile at it. Magic missile. <laughs> nice. Magic missile. That is a classic. Magic missile. Um, what's next? Let's see. Foxy. Foxy says, an unkept version of myself a month from now who looks at me, points toward the start, and then closes the door. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so scary. All right. Agbavna at Agbavna says, you enter a dimly lit dungeon and find a large... Wait. This is the... You can read through it. He's, he included the... <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, this sounds 
eerily familiar. You enter a dimly lit dungeon and find a large, unlocked oaken door. Behind this door, you discover a locked oaken door. <laughs> <laughs> like that That's one. awesome. So, uh, so these, these next few answers came from nerdappropriate.com. We always appreciate you going to the site and commenting on the posts. So this one, first one, from, you know, fellow uh, guest on the show and, and friend Mylin Barrows. Mylin fucking Chua. Barrows. Mylin said centaur, of course. <laughs> she did. She said centaur. Centaur. I always put the chwa on it. Her her love of centaurs is of legend. Yes. Then again, her husband is quite... Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Well, speaking of Sean, Meline's husband says, the set of the new reality show, Liberace Gone Wild. <laughs> um, Samantha Nee says, you discover the cake is not a lie. What? What? Didn't you follow that up with what kind of cake? And she went with like Trace Leches or something. I think. Yes. yes. <laughs> she she often tweets to me about do- or us about donuts now because I got into a, a long talk about donuts with her on the oh, when I was on the airplane. Nice. Always makes me hungry when I read those. Um, Jesse Lamb Axel ninety nine says, just a few yards away, a giant hulking mass of barely stitched together flesh and protruding bones feasting on a carcass with its razor sharp teeth. It turns to the sound. Of the creek you made opening the door and decides that you're a dessert. It bounds straight for you while you close that door and run like, whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Amazing. Fluid Fire says, piles upon piles of cabbage and cheese wheels. <laughs> nice. That was a good one, too. <clears throat> Chris Jenkins says, uh, a shivering t- chihuahua in a teacup. <laughs> I'm okay with that one. Oh, I want to do this one. Giselle Cannon says, David Bowie's personal jumpsuit collection. Oh, yeah. That cod piece is of legend. Dude, I just, I just watched Labyrinth. Did Let you? Just say, oh, my Disturbing. God. So oh, disturbing. I love... Are you kidding me? That's one of my favorite movies of all time. But that's you know, like, as a child, I, wanna, I, would, I would actually... I would actually cosplay as Jareth. I would absolutely cosplay as him. You should do it. Do you know what I kids' want? movie disturbs me now, watching it as an adult? Uh, the never-ending story. Oh yeah, this is a disturbing. creepy friggin' movie. If you watch it as an adult, it is weird. And uh, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, you know Tim Burton's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Justin Banks uh, at Midtown Five Eighty Three says Ash alone recording the podcast. Turns out he's been Matt Scott and Hillary the whole time. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That'd so be scary. An amazing feat. He throws his voice very well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and various audio qualities from Skype what if he connections. Just, what if he just records it four times and just oh, does yeah. a different voice each time? Manages oh, to leave no. it in his face. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> I just like to say. You can't help yourself. I know. <laughs> All right. Matthias Skoda at XSN. At, well, yeah. Another door. <laughs> Tony uh, Boots33 says. Where YouTube comments are created, that is terrifying. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. It's terrifying. Yeah. That's possibly the scariest one of all. It's a demon's butt. <laughs> what? Was that I your answer? In, I love when one of us says something and then it just gets dead quiet in the room. It's 
my favorite moment of every podcast. The flying <laughs> beer at the flying beer says, a cool and refreshing beer. Ah, <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah. I get it. Very appropriate. Um, Mylan B uh, has another response. Mylan fucking Barrows says, uh, you discover another door, another door behind that, and on and on until you're back at the start of the game. Oh. <laughs> Put the controller down and leave. Just saying. Just saying. JC at Laser Boy JC says, an awing Guido playing Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah, I'm not that awake yet. <laughs> Is that awing Guido? Yeah. It's a little Olingo. Mm. It's a cute little animal. Aww. Yeah. He gave us a cute animal playing a game. Nice. Mm. Like nice. It. I uh, Nate, it. Nate Buckman, who's at Nate B on Twitter, says, Half-Life 3, one can only wish. Yeah, no doubt. Man. Forever. <laughs> Forever a tease. Uh, Jacques put in another at CatJack1997, right? Nine, nine, yeah. That's yeah. Cool, right? One H. <laughs> one H. <laughs> Batman and Superman in a passionate embrace. Awkward. Ooh. Hey, it's the internet. <laughs> All right. Tasman at Tasman says, a family, ne- a family member needing tech support. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. Too bad Stoli messed that up. <laughs> um, and then from Facebook, Carlos Saba says, you discover an empty room. You take two steps in. The door closes behind you, actually being locked on the inside. The whole dungeon thing begins to make sense. <laughs> it's very literal. Good stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a moment here to um, pick our things. After much deliberation, we have decided uh, our two winners of the, what is it, Legend of Dungeon, What's in Your Dungeon contest slash Nerd Appropriate Question of the Week contest slash contest. contest. That is a long title. <laughs> <laughs> really got to work on our branding, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that would make a great t-shirt. We should put that all on t-shirt. But anyway, um, we have two winners. Um, one is, of course, Jasmore. Who's Yay! at Jasper on Twitter? And her response was, "You discover the bathroom. Oh, thank God! Whoever built this place was not taking my bladder into consideration." Um, that is true. You never see bathrooms in dungeons, mm-hmm. in, in dungeon crawlers. And where do people actually, you know, excrete their fluids? Yeah, I pee a lot too, so I, I like this answer in particular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've started to urinate more as I've gotten older. It's kind mm. of disconcerting. That's like a prostate thing. Yeah, I need to. I need to keep that prostate that checked out. Yeah. Well, told a every... joke about Scott's peeing at his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, does anyone else want to read the other winner? True. Yes. At Foxy. An uncovered hey. version of myself a month from now who looks at me, points towards the start, and closes the door. Yeah. It okay. kind of reminds me of, like, Hypercube. Yes. Oh, my Hypercube. gosh. Wow. Cube 2, Hypercube. Exactly. But, uh, so those are our winners. Yay! Yes! Surprise! Yay! Um... Big thanks to Robot Loves Kitty for actually providing those codes for us. And everyone should check out the game because it is a ton of fun, especially if you have some friends to play with. So definitely check out Legend of Dungeon. And we, we reviewed it on 120. We talked to the devs on 119. So go back and listen to those if you'd like some more info yeah, on that game. Show them your love. Yeah, they're good people. Mm-hmm. So cool. the podcast is not over, guys. Yeah. But we're going to move on to our new segment. We've got a new segment. Mailbag? Nerd sports. Nerd sports. And it's not. No, it's not that. Who knows what she was singing? 
So the NAF, the Neuropropriate Fantasy Football League, went into week two. Oh, God. Uh, we had a lot of movement. Uh, a lot of people lost. And some people won because that's how football works. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, to run down the top three um, this week after after some crushing uh, defeats and some injuries, we have serious business. Ryan Clark rose to number one, rose three spots to number one in the wow. league. Uh, rising one spot to number two, Beholder the Glory, Karen Weeks. Both these teams Whoa. currently undefeated. One, yes, both teams, the only two undefeated teams in the league, uh, Karen Weeks and Ryan Clark. And um, in third place, yours truly, Hulk Smash, Matt. Matt, let me, appropriate. Let me ask you a question. If, if next week you're number four, are you going to read the top four in the league? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, that's what I thought. But who's the highest scorer, Scott? It's me. Oh, so it is. Points. Hey, what Number is the opposite scorer. of undefeated? Because that's what I am. So Scott is in the least, <laughs> uh, the last place in the league. He's number eight. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to change my team name to Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. You're not the lowest scorer, though. Uh, Sean Baptiste <laughs> has the lowest <laughs> point total uh, with 164. Oh. He actually did a Sandys. bunch of moves this week, too. He moved a bunch of players around, which I thought was funny. But Yeah, I did, too. We'll see what uh, happens. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you up to date. But so far, we've got Ryan Clark in first, Karen Weeks in second, and yours truly in third. And uh, I'm still putting together what we're going to give away, but it's a lot of fun. I like fantasy football. We're having a blast. But that's not all, because we're going to make the two least watchy football people in our podcast pick some more games this week. Yeah. Did you yeah. just call us least watchy? Least watchy. Yeah. Least watchy. Uh, so last week you guys picked all the same, so you're tied right now at two and one, uh, two wins, one loss. Mm. You both picked the Bears over the Vikings, which was correct. The Bears defeated mm. the Vikings. Of course. Mm. You picked the Giants over the Broncos, which was super incorrect. Peyton Manning slaughtered his brother's team, the Giants. Oh. I think. I don't know if he slaughtered him. He beat him pretty bad though. And then, uh, you picked the Packers over the Redskins, both for racial reasons, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, you were correct. The Packers defeated the Redskins. So two we and could, one. We could call them the Washington football team. The from Washington. Now on. Caucasian. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Okay. This week, Scott picked the game, so I'm going to let him introduce it. Okay. So the first game that we have for you guys to pick from is the Texans versus the Ravens. And this week, Ash first. doesn't have my wife texting him constantly throughout the entire thing about which team is from where <laughs> did you see me, how many texts you sent me <laughs> it was, was like fi- it was 50 it was it was insane um, she's pretty into it uh I'm Hillary, gonna... I'm gonna let you go first yes, because yeah, yeah ash went go. first last week so you can go ahead i'm gonna pick the ravens okay why is um, that because ravens are cool <laughs> and uh-huh. are you and... wacko for flacco uh no. Okay. But I but I'm not I'm not um I'm not all about Texas. So uh, gotcha. I'm, I'm just gonna pick the Ravens because Ravens are our pretty birds. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I like it. I like Ash. It. Um, might I just say that I literally had no clue that the Texans were a team. Are they one of like the new expansion <laughs> that's, teams? That's why I that's why I picked this game. They are. Uh, I mean, they are. Their name is new. They were an old team that got renamed to the Texans. I believe. What were they before? Got, the Oilers. The Oilers. See. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the Oilers moved. Or the Oilers turned into the Titans. The Oilers moved to Tennessee, and then oh, okay. Houston got a, a team again. An expansion team. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so kind of weird. Weird. it's called yeah. the Texans now. Correct. 
But they, um, you know, they joined the league in 2002. Yeah. So okay. Well, so I'm going to go um I'm going to go with the Texans okay. because um I enjoy Tex-Mex food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like it. Perfect. Um also okay. Ravens sort of terrify me because they kind of signify death. So okay. Well, uh, I'm yeah. gonna. Can I just add on? Um, yeah. I'd like to say Ravens because of the uh, Nevermore book. Oh, oh. okay. Poe fan is what you're saying. Edgar Allan Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ash, are you wacko for Flacco? Um, Flacco means skinny in Spanish. So yes. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Okey doke. Um, I think. I means, thought you like corpulent things. Does it mean weak? Flacco. I don't know. Flacco, Flacco e debil. I think I forget. <laughs> what? It, you should never skin, speak Spanish. Either it's skinny or weak. I can't remember which, but yeah. Voy so that's... a la biblioteca. Oh boy. Okay. Skinny. It means skinny. Let's okay, move so on to our skinny. next game. Uh, now we have the Rams versus the Cowboys. <sighs> Hillary, we'll let you go first. Well, I mean, again, I'm faced with another choice with Texas. So okay. um, I'm going to say the Rams. Because they used to be in L.A. Okay. Wow. All right. Nicely done. That, yeah, Thank that's you. that's some football history right there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not. You did. That. You did say the one thing you're bringing to this contest is knowledge of where football teams exist. I'm telling you, that's like that's it. My dad used to quiz me on that. That's why. <laughs> oh. Okay. He awesome. was like, "You will like football." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's it. Um, I'm going to choose. Uh, the Cowboys. Oh boy! Be, okay, because they are from Dallas, uh-huh. yeah. and um, they have the most famous of all the cheerleaders in all the land. <laughs> in all the land, no man. Yes, yep. No so I'm going for uh, because they have better cheerleaders. They also have like the largest television screen in the NFL. So do they? Yeah, it's I like yeah, they their, their cheerleaders wear cowboy hats and white boots. Uh, yeah, they do. That's yep. factually correct. This I know. Mm. How about how about Tony Romo? Are you a fan of Tony Romo? The ribs? Are you are you <laughs> FOMO for Romo? Not Tony Roma. Oh, <laughs> Tony Romo the ribs. Didn't he date Jessica Simpson? He he did. He did yeah. at one time. Yes. Oh, true story. Doing? Scott and I once played a show at a Tony Roma's for dinner. Oh, we, we did. We didn't yeah, expect to get paid, but we got paid with dinner. Yeah, that's it was nice. Okay, so <laughs> in our last. Uh, <laughs> This is going exactly the way we planned. Okay. <laughs> so uh, our last game in the NA Pick'em is going to be the Chargers against the Titans. Hillary, Chargers or Titans? I'm going to pick the Titans because I like Uh-oh. Titanfall. Okay. Going against your native California. Yeah. And no, no, no love for no. California. No, it's I really like the name. It's the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah, Tennessee's pretty cool. Well, uh, I All too... All Hillary's choice is geographical. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to choose the Titans as well. All right. Um, because I like Greek mythology. Okay. And <laughs> okay. I think Titans are cool, and the story of how the Greek gods is created from the Titans is also cool. Um, okay. Therefore, the Titans would win in a battle. Against the other team that you mentioned that I've already forgotten. Now, even the if now listen, the Chargers, the Chargers are like lightning yeah. bolts. You're, they are. Not, I was thinking not, more of like, like that's like Zeus. That's actually kind of neat. Yeah. Do you have no love for the bolts? 
I I didn't think it was like bolts. I was thinking more like horns of an animal. Oh no, this is this is like lightning bolts. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Like um, cell phone charger. I'm still gonna stick with the Titan. Sticking with Titan. All right. Because you know Titanfall, the game. Well, Hillary, I just with this said that. Hillary, <laughs> with this new piece of information that chargers refer to lightning bolts, do you want to change your answer? No, no, okay. no because because I don't it. I I don't I don't like um. Um, San Diego's baseball team either. Oh, the I don't. I don't like. I don't like the Padres at all. So Hillary just ripping sports knowledge yeah. left and right. Boom! Hillary. Making it rain. Deal um, with it, Ash. <laughs> oh, I don't know any of that. <laughs> okay. Well, at least now we have some parity in this league. We do. Um, there will be hopefully, um, unless this goes fifty-fifty, a clear leader yes. by next week. Someone should be on top next week. Let's make a bet here. What is the what does the loser have to do for the winner, Hillary? Yeah, well, let's uh, let's put some terms down to make this more interesting to our listeners. Should Scott and I place bets too? Go ahead, you first. Me? What are you, uh, what are you betting? I'm on? letting Hillary decide what the loser has to do. That's tough. Make we'll think rest. about it. We'll think about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen. Actually, let's, okay. Let's open it up to the audience. Yes. Actually. There you go. Oh, great. This is going to be horrible. Yeah. So for our <laughs> listeners, things that are off limits, things that are off limits, head shaving off limits. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anything okay. that Physi- cost physical us modifications jobs. off yes. limits. Yeah. yeah like tattoos. No, tattoo. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not getting like a Hillary butt tattoo or anything like that if I lose. Okay. Yeah. So listeners, you can either do this one of two ways. You can either let us know what the winner receives or what the loser receives of the, the outcome of the uh, NA Pick'em League. And it can't be dirty, guys. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. We're a family show. There you go. All right. So those are the caveats. The and picks I, that, are set. They yes. are in the spreadsheet that I'm using to track this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no changing it now. You know? It's locked in. Fact, in. I'm going to remove, I'm going to let Hillary and Ash see this spreadsheet, but they will no longer be able to edit it. That's what's about <laughs> to happen. Nice. Oh, man. Nice. Can view only. IT restrictions. Saved. Can only view now. Boom. Boom. All right. And I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeah. I, might I just say that I love that there's a content uh, contest that's completely based around my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I feel like a moron but, weekly on this podcast. We should just so. <laughs> do one about chemistry next. That way I can you know, really be No, listen. Good. If I can be perfectly honest for a second, like, you, there is no... There is no way to pick the to perfectly predict the outcome of football games because even the most seasoned fans like it's nearly impossible because anybody can beat any other team in any week. I mean obviously some are more easier some are easier to pick than others but um you know at the end of the day no one's going to be perfect in this. Yeah, it's freaking True. random, which is kind of the, the funny part of it is that like you could pick these games for any reason. You guys were 2 for 3. Like <laughs> yeah. literally you both picked two correct games. Based on no sports statistics it, at all, yeah. and you were correct. If you come out of this season like better than seventy percent, that'll be like amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna send it to ESPN and prove them that they all shouldn't get paid millions of dollars. <laughs> oh man, there we go. I like that idea. <laughs> okay, Ash. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode one hundred and twenty-one of the Rated NA podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with a special guest. We don't know which one yet, but we will let you know. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, that's at NerdAppropriate, or you can follow us uh, on Facebook or check out our Facebook page at slash NerdAppropriate. Uh, email us directly 
And that's Matt Hillary with one L, Scott or Ash at nerdappropriate.com. And thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, for reals, y'all. See you next week. True that. Yeah. Turn for the win. He pound. He hashed. He pound tags. <laughs> wow. Pound tags. Wow. He put one of the pound tags on it. <laughs> I just need to go home. No, this is great. I actually like the phrase pound tag. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy.